Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. All right, so many good things. Baptism was amazing. I love getting wet. I love getting cold. I love all that it brings to our lives, and uh, it's just an awesome experience. And that's what water baptism is all about, is just going public, celebrating. We're going to celebrate with a barbecue afterwards, so please don't forget that. Hamburgers and dogs, it's going to be a good time. Hot, hot dogs. And uh, just looking forward to a great time. I want to invite you to Wednesday. There's two things that happen on Wednesday mornings just dur- during the series. One is uh, a live stream uh, from an Instagram that I do uh, talking about, we call it Ghosted Etc. So our series name is Ghosted, and Etc. is a little bit extra on Wednesday morning at 7 o'clock. So you're welcome to join us at 7 o'clock on Wednesday morning, Instagram Live. If you don't catch it then, you can catch it later, but um, super excited to uh, be a part of that. So if you want to be a part of that, jump in, and it's a great time. And then Wednesday night, this Wednesday night especially, I want to invite you to our prayer time. During Ghosted, the Ghosted series, every Wednesday night up until the 6th of uh, September, we're going to have uh, prayer, and uh, it's a great, great time to just meet in here, meet with God. We're talking about being spiritual people, and the best way to be spiritual people is to pray and to hang out with God and to allow him to do his thing in our lives. Now, one of the things I'm going to do different this week is on uh, this Wednesday is talk for about a half an hour on the purpose of the gift of tongues specifically in the church. And so the gift of tongues is a unique, sometimes confusing, sometimes weird, sometimes strange, sometimes crazy. Um, and, and, and I want to give clarity to what the Bible says about the use of tongues in the church. And so uh, I'll, we'll take the first half hour and talk about that and then the last half hour pray and ask God to continue to work in our lives. Sound good? All right. Super excited about that. So um, <clears throat> have you ever had a hunger that just had to be quenched? I have it about four times a day. <clears throat> Breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then right about 8, 9 o'clock, my stomach goes, you need something just to get you through the night. And I, I just don't, you know, and, and I know it shows. I have, a, a, you know, the bubble in the middle, which means I'm on the level, okay? And so, uh, but... We, we all have hungers, and if we pay attention to those hungers, they cause us to respond. Whatever that hunger is, whatever that craving may be, it doesn't have to be a food hunger. It can be a, a, a passion, a desire, a craving of some sort, a temptation even. And we tend to get in the line that will provide or satisfy that hunger. I was at... Uh, a community block party yesterday. And um, I have a skill that hasn't been made known to most people. I was at the block party, and there were a few people that uh, were from here who, who walked by and saw me doing this skill, and they were like, what? And, and I wasn't sor- swallowing swords or anything like that. I was actually making swords out of balloons. I'm a balloon animal guy. I can tie balloon animals. And, um, and so not, not anything fancy. Uh, I, you know, I do dogs and um, parrots and 
rabbits and different things like that, but nothing like, you know, Ninja Turtles or anything like that. But I was having a lot of fun, and there were just tons of kids at this, at this community event, and there, were a, there was a line almost the entire day, and I'm not bragging or anything. It's, it's like they wanted the balloon. They didn't want me. And, and so, I mean, it was really cool, but there was this desire for these little kids, and I was impressed with the parents who were like, Oh, I wish you'd tie these balloons faster. But what was most important was meeting the need of the child who wanted a balloon. And wa- they walk away with a balloon. And, you know, 10 minutes later, you hear this boom. And I just knew that, that my work had just been uh, <coughs> popped. We all have these hungers. We're all waiting, willing to wait in even a line. If you go to Disneyland, or you go to a popular food place, if you go to uh, Spencer McKenzie's and you want a fish taco um, that's maybe one of the best places to go to get one. And I've seen that place where it's the, the line is, is starting at the window and all the way out to the street. Why? Because they have this hunger for something that they're, they're willing to wait for. They're willing to wait for. And my question this morning is, is and you're, you're already anticipating it. I know you're already. Are we willing to get in line? Are we willing to wait for everything that God has for us? Are we willing to put our agenda aside and say, God, I don't want to go anywhere until this hunger for you is satisfied? Are we willing to do that? Are we willing? I mean, it, it's, it's not an animal balloon, and it's far better than a fish taco. I mean, it's second to the fish. I mean, it's first to the fish taco. Okay, it's, it's, it's so good, it's so powerful, it's so amazing that are we willing to wait for it? Are we willing to, to put our, our time aside, our agenda aside, our, our other priorities aside and say, God, I want everything that you have for me. Are we willing to say that? You see, I think there's a difference between, um, and I think uh, the Bible uh, will explain this in just a moment, but I think there's a difference between the Spirit living in us and the spirit living out of us. There's a difference. When we are saved, when we accept Jesus Christ into our lives and accept his lordship over our lives, he comes and inhabits us. So what happens at salvation. He comes and lives inside, but he wants out. He wants out. He doesn't want to just stay inside. He wants to live out of us. And I believe there's another experience that happens when we allow the Holy Spirit to completely engulf our lives and become not just inside part of us, but the outside part of us. And I think Scripture, I believe Scripture explains this clearly. You see, inside of us, we have this strength. We have conviction. We have peace. He makes us holy. But when it comes out of us, there's power, there's gifts, there's good for the whole body. What comes out of you is going to be good for everyone in this room and outside of this room. And what most importantly, what comes out of us is a revelation of who Jesus is. That people, when the Holy Spirit moves out of us, people see Jesus. They don't see us. Which is a really good thing. It's a really good thing. All of this is called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. All of this is called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And if you're like me, I've grown up in the church. I've grown up in 
Pentecostalism. I've grown up in spirit-filled churches all my life. And I've seen weird and I've seen amazing. And trust me, when the Holy Spirit gets involved, um, it, it sometimes seems strange, but it's always amazing. When humanity gets involved thinking that they have control over the Holy Spirit, then it gets weird. And I've seen plenty of that myself as well. And so I want to explain the baptism of the Holy Spirit because I think this is what is worth putting everything aside and saying, God, I want what you have for me. I want everything that you have. And I believe that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is secondary, is another experience than salvation is. And I'll explain that in just a second. But in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, there's a promise that was made almost 500 years before Jesus came to this planet. And it said this, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. Listen to verse 21. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So look at the top. It says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And on the bottom it says, after all that happens, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not you and me, but it's you and me being obedient and saying, God, give me everything you have. Pour your spirit out, just like you promised. I will pour my spirit out on all people. And as you do, we will prophesy, we will dream dreams, we will do great things for God. And as a result, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the goal, that's the power, that's the, the reality of seeing the Holy Spirit being poured out on us. That's the promise. So the promise is simply this, people will live with the power of the Holy Spirit and people will be saved. It's that simple. It's not complicated. It, it, it's, people will live with the power of the Holy Spirit, the, the pouring out of the Spirit into our lives, and the resulting effort of that will be simply people get saved. That's why when the Spirit moves, people see Jesus, they love Jesus, and they get saved. It's amazing. It doesn't always work that way. It doesn't always uh, go easy. It's not always simple. It's not always success. Because Jesus was always pouring himself out into the hearts and lives of people. And some accepted and some rejected. That's why it says, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Not everyone will call on the name of the Lord. But we have to give everyone a chance to call on the name of the Lord. Holy Spirit and fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That's a promise. That's John the Baptist understanding the purpose of what Jesus is coming to do is to immerse us into the Holy Spirit. Or with the Holy Spirit. We're completely going to be baptized. Imagine the contents of this pool right here is the Holy Spirit. And what 
the Holy Spirit is going to do is baptize us into himself. We're going to get into the pool, and we are going to be immersed into the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. So that's what's happening. The Holy Spirit, the, the disciples go, and they hang out there. And I'll tell you what happens in just a moment. But this whole idea of being baptized is so important for us to understand. This is something that happens after salvation. Sometimes it happens like almost simultaneously. We accept Jesus and then all of a sudden there's a baptism. And and sometimes, in my case, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I was water baptized. And then later, a lot later, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it was a powerful experience, and I'll talk about that as we go. But this really cool experience is for everyone. It's for everyone. It's not just for the the, the special people. This isn't um, something I I wrote down here. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for function, not fashion. The, 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 the wrong part of what happens in the church is that we elevate people who say, oh, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. Oh, I speak in tongues. Oh, I prophesy. I give words of wisdom. Oh, you're special people. No. no. This doesn't make us any more special than anybody else. But it does empower us to be fully capable of doing what God's called us to do. And I believe that with all my heart. So when we are being baptized, we're being baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's not the end. It's just the beginning of a faith-filled life. It's the beginning of an opportunity to see God do things that we could never imagine doing on our own. But with the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we're capable of doing so many. met the woman at the well, and he told this woman about her life. He'd never met her before, but he told uh, uh, Jesus told this woman of all about her life. Why? Because he was using the words of, with, uh, of knowledge that he had as the Holy Spirit revealed them to him. So interesting gifts that God uses. And, and there's other gifts. There's the administrative gift. The people who can organize something out of nothing. That's amazing. The people who can manage me. That's a miracle. Okay. It's, it's incredible to use the gifts of these kinds of, 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 of things that come from the Holy Spirit and see God do great things. So in 1 Corinthians 12, <clears throat> verse 12, it says this, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all, its many, <clears throat> but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit as to form one body. So the purpose of the baptism is to be inclusive, not exclusive. The baptism of the Spirit is to pull us all together, not divide us. The workings of the Spirit are for the common good of everybody. And so everybody should benefit from your activity of obedience to the leading of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit wants to work through you, then the Holy Spirit does something, whatever that is, and as a result, we all benefit from the power or the health or the, the amazing part of what God's using you to do. Everybody with me? All right. And so we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part but of many. 
And so again, I say this, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when we're baptized, is not for fashion, it's for function. It's not to make you look good, it's to make us all good. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why when, um, sometimes when gifts are elevated, when the gifts of the Holy Spirit are elevated, if you've been around the church very long, you, you find that in some churches, um, you know, the pastor is the, is the, if I could ever just be like him. No, that's, that's not the goal, to be like Jesus. The goal, the, we don't elevate gifts, we elevate the Lord. And it pulls us all together. That's the power of seeing the Holy Spirit move. So the elephant in the room is simply this. My question is this. Are we hungry for all that God has for us? Are, are we willing? I, I know that's, a, that, that's an easy question to answer. But it's a, it's a more difficult question to practice. Are we willing are we hungry for all that God has for us? Watch what happens when people are hungry for God. In Acts chapter 2, we read this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Why were they all together in one place? Because Jesus told them to be all together in one place. Go and, and, and wait on the Lord. Go and, and I will send the promised Holy Spirit to you. Go and be together there. So they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Okay, that's weird. Can we admit that? I mean, if that happened right here, would you be going, whoa? You know, be going, whoa? Okay. And then all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So that would be weird too, right? You'd be given something that you didn't know what you were saying. You didn't understand what you were saying. And, and you were given a, a language and we were all doing that together. The, the, even the crazier thing that happens after this is that all of those languages that they were speaking were understood by all the people that were outside listening. And they were like, what? These guys are Galileans. They're undereducated people. They don't know this stuff. They don't speak other languages than their own stuff. They were like, you know, the, the, the people in the room were like the Ebonic crowd. They, they had their own language. Right? That's dope. That's fly. That's all that. Whatever. You know? Um, it, it's, it's using a language that um, many of us might, might, might not understand. Um, that, that's these guys. They have their own language. And then they start speaking languages that are completely different than theirs. But everybody outside is, is, is listening and going, whoa. And what they're hearing is the gospel. What they're hearing is the good news of Jesus Christ. That he's alive, that he's real, that he's powerful. We don't know exactly what they said, but... The, the Holy Spirit gave them the ability to speak in a language they did not understand. But that other people did. Amazing. It was a unique experience. Now what's so significant about them is that they were obedient. They were sitting there waiting for God to do what he said he would do. Which is pour out on them his spirit. And so he did. 
He did. He poured out his spirit on the, the people that said, God, I want everything that you want to give me. I want everything that you. They had no idea what was going to happen. They had no understanding of, of what was going to take place. But what did take place was a powerful move of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 8, we have another story. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. So they, they, they heard that the people in Samaria, now people in Samaria getting saved is a crazy idea. Now Jesus already showed in, in his life that Samaritans could accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And, but later on, because Samaritans were like, out. They're like, you don't hang with them. You don't spend time with them. They're, they're, they're not people that we want to uh, give our, our time and energy to. And they were considered worthless people. But um, in this case, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to go check it out. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that, there might, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So they had already accepted Christ. And now Peter... <clears throat> Peter and John are there to pray that they would ex- ex- um, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of Jesus. They had simply been baptized in water. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. We're not told in this particular passage how they did, how they knew that. We're not told that they spoke in tongues. We're not told that they jumped up and down. We're not told that they did anything other than there was some kind of evidence, whatever that was, that they received the Holy Spirit. And again, this shows us that the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a secondary experience. It's something after salvation. And it's, it's, it's a very interesting thought. And so we have to understand that, that uh, the apostles were aware that there's salvation and then there's baptism in the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 10, verse 44, it says this. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. So Peter's up here preaching. And all of a sudden, people are being baptized in the Holy Spirit. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished. And that just simply identifies them as Jews. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been, given, had been poured out even on the Gentiles. And so the Holy Spirit was poured out on them, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And so there were two evidences of the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, tongues and praising God. And we don't know if that's like the, 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 the only evidences, but that was certainly one of them, is, is both tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They hadn't even been baptized with water yet. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them a few days. And the power of this is, is just amazing, is that they, they accepted Christ. They hadn't been water baptized. But when Peter and John got there, the first thing they wanted to make sure was that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they prayed for them to receive it. And they did. And lastly, in Acts chapter 19, it ha- happens like this. While Apollos was at Corinth... Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive 
the Holy Spirit when you believed? So he's talking to people that have already accepted Christ. They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Which is fascinating to me. It's just like they accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, but they had no idea. And so Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, which is a baptism unto repentance or an acceptance of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. They were water baptized. And then then when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. The powerful uh, story in in this context is they laid hands on him and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. We don't know if they all did both of them or if one got prophecy and the other got tongues or whatever the case may be. But the reality is, is that baptism in the Holy Spirit is for everyone. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is for you and for me. Why? Because we want all that God has for us. I want to be immersed in his presence and his power. I want to be filled with everything he's got for me. I want to be everything that he has for me to do. I want the power to do it. Not in my own strength, not in my own will. You see, I think too often we're doing things in our own will and not in the power and name of Jesus Christ. And so let me tell you a little personal story. I've heard all of these passages preached before. And when I was growing up, I was told that the only way to to really qualify myself as a believer was to speak in tongues. And that was the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what happened was, is, uh, and this was after I became a Christian, I, I was told, you got to speak in tongues, you got to speak in tongues, you got to speak in tongues. No one told me, you need to be immersed in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. All they said was, you got to speak in tongues, you got to speak in tongues. They didn't tell me why. They didn't tell me with who. And I got so involved in trying to hear these, this language or, or speak in, this, in these tongues. And I was coached. And I'm not joking when I say this. I was told to say things that, were, that, that would start the tongues. Kind of give it a jump start. Now, if you just come to the altar and just start saying some, some things, like, see my tie, see my tie. Like, I see your tie, and I really don't want your tie. And I was, you know, people were coming, and they were praying over me, and, and they were crying. And I was like, oh, this, the, your hands are getting heavy. I mean, they were pushing me down. I'm like, back up. (laughs) And I didn't, and I I wanted everything that God had for me. I genuinely wanted everything that God had for me. And I was struggling, and I wanted to speak in tongues so bad. And I'm like, I'm going to speak in tongues this time at the altar. And I'm going to go, come on. Nothing would come out. 
And I got more and more frustrated, and I got angry at times. I, I was like, oh, man, I'm just not a good Christian because I can't give up my spirit to the Lord, and I can't give up my tongue to God, and all these kinds of things. And I was thinking there was something wrong with me, and, and there, there wasn't. What was wrong with me is that I was seeking the gift and not the giver. I was seeking something other than just God, whatever you want. And there was a point where this, at this um, uh, <coughs> evangelistic service that I was at, and everybody's at the altar, and there was this big pressure to speak in tongues and come, come and be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I had, um, there were people that really wanted me to get it. And so I was at the altar, and I'm praying with God, and I'm just kind of by myself, and I'm just loving on God. And, and I, I'm, I'm to that point where I'm like, I don't care what happens. And then people come back behind me, and they're like, oh, Lord, we just ask that, you, you know, t- devil, get away from him. And I'm like, what's the devil got to do with this? <clears throat> and because uh, I was genuinely doing, wanting everything that God had for me. And I walked away from that service that night, not speaking in tongues, not doing anything like that. And I walked away and I said, God, I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. I don't care if I ever speak in tongues. I don't care what happens. All I want, God, is you. All I want is you. And from that point on, something changed. From that point on, in my heart, there was a peace. There was a joy. I actually didn't respond to the altar in those moments. And I didn't receive speaking in tongues until much later in my experience with God. And I do, I do speak in tongues. And if you come Wednesday night, I'll explain more about that experience all by itself. Okay? I invite you to come on Wednesday night because I think it's going to be a very helpful time to understand what I believe the Bible teaches about tongues and, and the use of tongues in the church. But the, the, the power of this is simply this, is that when I experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I can't specifically identify a moment, but I can tell you that my life changed and the resolve of my life and the priorities of my life and, and the things of my life became more important that I follow after God and, and do everything that God has for me than uh, anything else in my life. It was at that point that I received a call to ministry, to full-time ministry like this, and to be a pastor. It was at that time that I, I, I got a boldness in my life. I'm not a street preacher. I'm not a guy that likes to go out on the street corner and, and tell everybody, you're going to hell, and you need Jesus. And, and I'm, I'm more of a person that likes to tie balloons and let Jesus go through the balloons. I'm that guy, I'm, I, you know, and, and I'll welcome any conversation uh, about Jesus, but I want, G- I, I just feel like the kind of person I am is Jesus and the Holy Spirit just kind of flows through my life in the everyday stuff. And so I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit different in that regard, but I believe the power of the Holy Spirit resides in my heart with everything that he desires to do in me. I've been used in so many different ways. I've been used in in many different gifts. I believe that God gives you a gift as needed and as he desires. We'll talk more about that on Wednesday. But the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit is simply this. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is offered to everyone who wants everything that God has for them.
And that's not to, again, it's not fashion, it's function. It's the power of the Holy Spirit moving through us for the good of the church and for the good of everyone else and most importantly to reveal Jesus to this world. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes as he chooses. And he baptizes as he chooses. And so in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to consider coming to this altar. Maybe turning in your chair. Or you're going to go home and you're going to say, you know what? I, I don't want the pressure of the room. I want to be in my, my quiet place. I want to be with my cup of coffee and my Bible. And I just want to say, God, baptize me. Fill me up. Pour your spirit over me. Give me everything you've got because I want to be a follower of Jesus with everything that's available to me. That's available to me. I don't know why these are dual experiences. I don't know why salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit are separate. And some theologians don't believe it is. But the reality is... Bible says it. It shows it. It reveals it. The apostles treated it that way. And so therefore, we need to understand that God is offering us another opportunity, not just not to discount or or put down the salvation that we've already received, but to empower his church to do great things for him. And not just to have what's in us to stay in us, but to have the Holy Spirit who lives in us who raised Christ from the dead, live outside of us in the power and name of Jesus Christ. And so I'm asking you today not to come to receive a gift, but to meet the giver. I'm asking you to just plead with God, Lord, baptize me. Baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Immerse me in your presence and your power. And whatever he chooses to do to confirm that in your life, it may be tongues, it may be prophecy, it may be another gift, but however he chooses, you will have a new boldness, a confidence, a strength that will motivate you to do all that God has for you. So I want to encourage you today. Do you really want everything that God has for you? Because it'll change you. It's going to change your agenda. It's going to change your priorities. It's going to change your disciplines. It's going to change everything. Starting in September, we're going to do a series called Ripped. Ripped. Disciplines that make you strong. Ripped. Guys, you might like that title. Girls, I don't know. But we're going to get ripped for Jesus. And it's going to be a great experience. What? It's going to change your disciplines. It's going to change everything because the power of the Holy Spirit desires to move in you. Are you hungry enough to wait at the altar? You're not waiting for animal balloons. You're not waiting for a fish taco. You're waiting for the power and presence of the Holy Spirit to immerse you in Him. As we begin to sing this song, it's called Set a Fire Down in My Soul. I want more of you, Lord. I want more of you, Lord. I want everything that God has to offer. There might be a few people that come in behind you and we're just in faith going to lay our hands on you and just say, God, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you would baptize this person in the Holy Spirit. If you've already been baptized in the Holy Spirit, awesome, awesome. Whatever that means to you, I'm not here to, to try and, and, and put a, a, an experience ahead of the expression of, God, I want everything. 
So come and get everything that God has for you. It doesn't have to be at this altar necessarily. It can be in your chair. It can be uh, uh, at home. But I want to encourage you, before we go have a barbecue, before we go eat burgers and hot dogs and celebrate the baptisms, let's be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. God, I just come to you right now. And I pray that the power of your spirit would just flood this room like you did on the day of Pentecost. God, have your way in this room, Lord, in all of our hearts. May we be open to whatever you have for us, Lord. May we anticipate your presence just like the disciples did. May we know, God, that you have something for us. May we know that you're going to pour your spirit out. May we know that your promise is here. May we know, God, as exampled in Scripture, that you desire that all Christians be baptized with the power of your spirit, with the presence of your spirit, that we be immersed in you, God. I pray that all of us would be motivated, God, to see your hand move in our lives so that we can experience all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I pray for your spirit to move, God. I pray for your spirit to move right now, God, in all of us. Create a hunger, a hunger, Father. We're so used to our stomachs and we're so used to our cravings in life that, Lord, we we kind of sometimes ignore the spiritual hunger that you're creating in us. May there be a spiritual hunger here today. May there be a spiritual hunger, Father. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, fill us, baptize us. Be present in this room, Lord, in our hearts and our minds. Lord, we want more of you, more of you, more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul. Set a fire down in my soul right now, Lord, that my priorities would change, my disciplines would change, my cravings would change, my heart would change, my activities would change, my relationships would change. My addictions would be gone in the name of Jesus. My marriage would be healed in the name of Jesus. My school would be reached in the name of Jesus. Jesus, you would become the focal point of what people see in my life. Not not what I bring, but what you bring out of me, God. I pray for that power. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to move in our lives right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for pouring yourself out. You promised it. You promised it. You will do it here today. Have your way in us, God. Have your way in us, God. Have your way in us, God. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, move. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have your way in us, God. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.